Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Alcajaca podcast. Hope you're doing well and all staying safe. Um, the UFC Vegas 20, I'm going to get just straight into it. Um, so the main event, um, trying to pronounce these names correctly, Cyril Gain versus Jardino Rosenstrup. Cyril Gain versus Jardino Jazino Ronstrovic. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, if I'm not, guys, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please uh, correct me in the comment section below. Uh, so yeah, getting straight into the uh, main event. So for me, when I when I saw the um, when I saw the fight first, um, I was thinking, okay, uh, looks okay, but for you know, it just wasn't really doing it for me at, at first. Now, as I watched it as the fight wore on. Um, Gain was getting, um, so Gain was getting some, you know, some clinches in there, and um, still in that at certain times it really did feel like, um, well, it's like um, one of those situations in a fight, in a fight, in a combat sporting fight, controlling environment in the cage that <clears throat> the two fighters are kind of pacing backwards and forwards, circling the uh, circling the octagon in there, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm sure many people have felt the same way, you know. Um, someone do something already you know it's just really bring someone through a punch or a kick or rushing for a take them with anything just someone do something because you know it just feels so boring and uh you know just ah do something do something so overall um gain did out of the two guys again uh, did um look far more impressive um of course he had, he had the the advantage of speed and agility uh, and just some it's heavyweight so some athleticism on his side um and also the advantage of his uh reach and range as well now he won the fight by unanimous unanimous decision um now on to the next one which was my my versus ankala versus no no not for, let me start that again it was Magom. Magomed and Kalav versus Nikita um, Krulov, which is the light light heavyweight division. And I think Krulov, that's, that's actually pronounced Krulov. Um, so yeah, now this fight was a, a lot better than the main event. This was a co this was a co main event. Um, so Krulov got a t- clinch in there and he turned into a takedown. Um, when I say that, this would have been at the beginning of the um, of the first round. And in this case, both fights were really going at it in comparison to the co- in, in comparison to the main event, whereby it really did, it really did look. Um, mm. Now I heard in one podcast um, sometime uh, just a, f- a few hours ago, because I mean many people have been updating their um, channels and their their platforms really quickly just by watching the fight, making a podcast immediately, which is which is good. Um, that there was one particular event, and I'm getting to another event that it is. Um, they said that actually because of how these two fighters, even though of course one of them lost, but because they were so good, because the the fight was so exciting and and entertaining, um, that that fight that event should have been the main event instead of the what we had because what we had as a main event was completely, God, it was just it was horrible. I think the only good thing that for me personally I took away from the main event was that gain um, so gain one you know it just showed his. <laughs> His striking capabilities, his speed, and his reach—you know—not um, to insult the other guy, but I mean, 
really he could have done better. And I think um, he came out on his his Twitter or, or his Instagram. He said that that performance he had that night, UFC Vegas um, 20. And um, I'm here in the UK filming this show um, in London. I think UFC Vegas 20 was scheduled to take place um, on Saturday evening around 8pm. So it would have been in the early hours of the 28th of February on Sunday morning here in the UK in London. But anyway, he said on the, that particular night, that was his worst performance ever. Uh, you know, uh, it was just not that he was feeling ashamed, but it was his worst performance ever. And, you know, he's going to do everything he can to pick himself up and to make sure that his next um, fight is going to be nothing like that at all. That it's going to be much, much better. So I think even he knows that it was his performance was just not good. Um, just being generous in my words, but you know, I'm not. I respect to them again. This is someone who's doing something that's really dangerous and, of course, can cause a lot of health issues, especially to your brain and and those sort of things. But uh, you know, um, even he himself, he knows that um, his performance was really bad. Was just not good at all. So bad that many other many people, including myself, think that some other fights on the on the fight card, particularly the main card, should have been the main event and not this one. It was almost embarrassing that I said it. Not insulting, but it could have been. It could have been a lot better, a lot better. So yeah, back to the second to the co-main event: uh, Magomed um, Ankleev versus Nikita um, Krulov light heavyweight, heavyweight division. Uh, yeah, this was the best of both fights. We're really going at it. Um, Ankleev got a few clinches in, in there, um, especially I think in the second round. Uh, he got the second clinch in. Eventually, got his opponent into a takedown. Um, let's try speaking to this one properly. Okay, not too close. Um, so um, yeah, and he got another takedown in as well. And um, in the second round, Kisa got a spin um a spinning kick in, but the Anklev um just smiley wisely and ducks and missed it, and he got another takedown in as well. And he managed to keep his opponent uh, pinned on the floor and dish out some you know good strikes. Now in that. I didn't even note down who it was the one. Du, 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 du. So the winner would have been. Du, du, du. Yeah. Ankalov. He won by unanimous decision. Du, du, du. Right, so the next in the fight card was. This is the women's uh, flyweight division. Yeah. Women's flyweight division. So this fight was a draw, and I, when watching the fight, I can see why. You know, both again, you like um, the um, excuse me, guys, just clear my throat there. Uh, like in the um, co-main event, both fighters were seriously going at it, giving it their all, giving it their best. So it was kind of easy to see um, why the whole thing resulted in a draw, um, especially. Um, Silver was really, um, <laughs> Silver was really, uh, especially towards the end of the fight, she really gave her opponent some serious damage. And, and her face, you know, uh, Delarosa's face was um, really, really swollen. And I just jumped into the fight and how it happened. I didn't even mention their names. It was between Mayra Buena Silva from Brazil and the other opponent was Montana Delarosa from the US. Again, women's forward division. And um, like in the co-main event, and unlike the main event, both fights were seriously um, going at it and uh, seriously going at it, giving it their all. Now, 
yeah, and it's important important to point out that Silva did lose a point because I think she had grabbed into the fence during a clinch, which kind of resulted like in a takedown. And when I watched it, it did look like um she had it looked like it's something you do out of instinct. But I mean, um, being that it's a particular sport or competition, you'd think that actually they know you know as a an MMA athlete as an MMA as an MMA fighter. You're supposed to know the rules. Um, it did look to me like something she did out instinct accidentally. You know, um, not that she did it deliberately too cheap, but unfortunately for her, the referee saw it and uh, she had to lose a point for that. But yeah, overall that was a that was a good fight. And um, if I was to say who, well, if it was left to me, and uh, yes, even as a still very much a novice, and it's my sixteenth podcast um, on on mixed martial arts. Um, for me, the win would have gone to Bruno of Silva because she, um, especially towards the end, she really did her opponent, um, Larosa, some serious damage. I mean, her face was cut, blo- um, not too bloody, but it was swollen. You could see this, just a profile of his fa- profile of her face, the side of her face. You could see the swelling was just, you know, really evident. Now, this is the event that really, in my, um, in my opinion, and again, I say that um, humbly as an MMA fan that still has so much to learn I was saying to um, Charlie the other day that when we had a training session the more you know about the sport well, the more you think you know when you actually delve into the detail and everything you actually realise no I actually don't know shit and I still have so much more to know and so much more to learn but this was the event that I think um, in my eyes it should be the main event and in another podcast and other podcasts it was kind of agreed upon that this really should have been the main event because um you know, um, it was far more entertaining. Really, really, <laughs> a lot more entertaining. You know, it looked this would have looked like two champions or what two people kind of competing for a title, um, a title shot, or uh, for a champion sport, for the number one spot, uh, the number one ranking place in a particular weight division. So between Pedro Munoz uh, versus Jimmy Rivera Munoz out of Brazil and Rivera out of. A th- I can't remember where that. No, I don't really know where that flag comes from. But it was of the bantamweight division. I think Rivera's from the US. I could be wrong. If he's if he's from someone completely different, please guys, if you're watching on YouTube, please correct me in the um, comment section below. So the fight um, started out nice and uh, strong. There was um, strikes and kicks coming from both sides. And in the first round, we noticed um, discharge. I mean, really. Mean left hook, uh, which missed, but it kind of wowed the small crowd that was inside the arena there, and even the comment, <laughs> even the commentators, which uh, God, it was a bit ridiculous. I mean, even I reacted the same way when I saw it for the first time when I was watching my phone. Uh, just and yeah, the um, the ooh <laughs> from from the entire crowd. Uh, but anyway, um, as the fight um wore on, um. Munoz just kept the leg kicks coming in, just from head to toe, um, calf kicks. Like, and the the few kicks that got his opponent in Rivera, that got Rivera in the leg, you could see after a short while it was having some effect because um, Rivera was having to kind of hop on the spot and jump up and down a little bit just to um, not just to uh, you know prevent his whole weight from sagging onto that wounded leg for for so long. You could see actually those um, leg kicks and done had done some damage and i didn't put in my notes but i met i made a mental note that this reminded me of the way well, it echoes it echoes um 
what we saw UFC 257 between Poirier and McGregor um, you know many people have said that the leg kick is, the leg the leg kick is something that we're going to be seeing a lot in future um, combat sports especially especially in MMA um, you know you can use it to just wear, wear your opponent down as best as you can and eventually um, when they, that leg becomes so weak you know there'll be that There'll be that one last leg kick that just get them to fall over, to keel over, and then potentially you can go and get you can go in there for a takedown and just you know finish them off with strikes and TKO, KO, and you know they'll eventually submit. But it's like when we saw UFC two fifty seven, Poirier just kept on going for Conor McGregor's leg. Eventually McGregor just fell over and uh, Poirier just rushed in there and just finished him off and uh, he won the fight. You know, he proved so many people wrong. So many people, including myself, who have bet their wit, their bet, the bet their bettings and their money on McGregor winning the fight. You know, even I thought, even me as an as a mixed martial arts novice, I would have liked Poirier to win. But and he did win. You know, he did win. Um, I would I would have liked Poirier to win. But before the fight, everybody had their, including me. Everybody was placing their bets on McGregor just walking into the cage and doing what McGregor does best winning fighting and you know um that just didn't happen you know as many people are saying i think conor mcgregor was kind of too busy showing um or trying to prove that he's that he's good at boxing that his striking is good but i think um dustin poirier kind of remembered especially what happened back at ufc 178 back in september 2014 and uh, of course between then and now he's really worked on his skills and really perfected his craft even more and yeah, you know, it paid off that night. And uh, yeah, back to this fight, uh, as the, the fight wore, you could see that reverse leg just wasn't helping. And he, it was becoming more and more significant that his, you know, the, what Munoz um, had done to his leg, for Munoz anyway, was paying off. And um, uh, yeah, um, basically. <laughs> Basically, it was uh, it was crazy um, what happened, and he won the fight by unanimous decision. This fight again should have been the um, really should have been the main event. This fight had the wow factor. The it kept it kept you guessing. It kept you wanted to watch the fight even more. Uh, you know, the first fight. Not no disrespect to um, to Cyril Gaines' opponent. Um, I'm trying to pronounce his name. To um, so against opponent Roger Strick, no disrespect to him, but the fight just wasn't. It just wasn't that entertaining. It just wasn't. It was quite. It was boring, you know. It, just to have that wild factor for for a main event as well on a fight card in the UFC. Um. So yeah, again, this fight Pedro Munez versus Jimmy Fred that Munez had the had the feel of a main event to it, for, you know, on a fight card in an organization such as the UFC. Um, although it's still argued argued by many people that although the UFC may put on the best events, you know, they're the biggest name within the MMA world, they're done all over the world, especially in the US where they're a household name. You know, I still argue that do they really have the best fighters? Mm-hmm. Well, for me for me as a novice, I still have so many fights to watch before I can come to my own conclusion. And the last fight in the featherweight division, Alex. Um, Carceros versus Kevin Kroom. Um, Alex, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, what I'm seeing is Alex Carceros. He won by unanimous decision. 
and uh now this one i didn't see because i have the ufc fight pass but for some reason the ufc i don't think they upload their fights to that particular app to the server so you can view that um you view the fights on that app until maybe a few days after just so you can pay you can suffer a little bit for not paying for paying to watch the fight live on the night that it actually takes place I couldn't watch it because over here in the UK it would have been the fight would have been taking place in the early early hours of the morning and I just would have been too knackered from work. So just one of those things. I was hoping to see on the fight pass, but it, it's at the moment I've checked my phone for um, doing the show. It isn't there yet. But um, yeah, that was um, hmm. I won't say for the main the main event just was wasn't you know, didn't live up to all the hype. You know, quite disappointing. Right, so in the for just a brief bit of MMA news I come across. So the fight between Jorge Mavidal and Kamaru Usman is going to be taking place despite the um, back and forth that they had on Twitter. The you know the bit tip for tat whereby Usman said, "You know what? Forget this. Fuck this. I'm not feeling, feeling generous anymore," and uh, said, "I'll fight anyone now," as if to say that Jorge Mavidal is not going to get first dibs and. Uh, It'll be like a first come first serve sort of thing. So, um, no, that was just the hype of the fight. They are going to be fighting, and Jorge Mavidal confirmed this in a statement. Although, again, from my own experience and seeing what happens in this um, in this sport, anything can happen. Sometimes it's things within within the athlete's control. If they just if they want to fight, they're fine. If or less, maybe it's something beyond their control. They fall sick or they get injured or maybe sometimes they do something that's supposed to and they get cut from the UFC or sometimes um it's just something like an ad- admin problem you know sometimes the owners of the company Dana White have just decided no it's not going to um, sell many pay-per-views it's not going to bring the profits we need um you know it's just going to waste of money for us because at the, at the end of the day the you know these fighting organizations they are businesses and they're business first but anyway Huey Masvidal made a statement right now I'm focusing on me I'm fighting for the belt which is going to be in August or September of this year or actually September we've just got to work on it so that fight is definitely going to be happening it's just to set a date um, now back to what I was saying before about the main event for UFC Vegas 20 um, the fighter that lost uh, Rosen Stewart he said himself that his performance at UFC Vegas 20 was the worst performance he's, he'd ever had he's ever had um a bit of a brain freeze yeah it's the worst performance he's ever had um of course hopefully in the uh, he didn't really release a statement but it's like um it's like it's it's like a short clip video clip he had made and uploaded to his instagram or his twitter feed wherever on onto his social media but on the youtube clip um YouTube news channel that for MMA that I was watching, basically the gist of what he was saying that that was his worst performance ever. Of course, the next time he steps into the octagon, he's hoping things will go a lot better and you know will train much much harder, a lot harder for his next fight. And uh, in other news, Kamara Usman uploaded some footage of him. That's a, this is going to be a comedy joke, but um, him doing some foot stomping, foot stamping. And it reminded me of Jorge uh, Mavidal at one of his past most re- no one of his past fights in the UFC. Um, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember the event, but 
There was, I do remember watching the fight and at one particular point, uh, Jorge managed to pin his opponent in a clinch by the fence and was um, stamping on on his opponent's feet. Uh, just, uh, It's one of the things you can do in MMA. Um, but I think probably Usman did that, made that video just to um, spite um, um, Jorge Marvidal just probably to make fun of him something like that but he did it anyway but at the same time Jorge Marvador had posted something on his Twitter saying and there was a picture of a guy who just had all these cans laid out and just was going along stamping on it with his foot stamping on his, with, stamping on each can with his foot and then Jorge Marvador said in his um, in his comment um, basically um, this guy scares me so maybe they're just having well especially Usman anyways just having a dig at, uh, at, his, uh, at his opponent um Marvidal and yeah so quite a few members of the com- of the mixed martial arts community and Dana White have kind of reacted to the UFC Vegas 20 main event and many are quite unhappy and a few people have said um, that gain speed would have, would be a problem for a lot of the heavyweight there's a bad habit of getting tongue twisted and tongue tied every fucking time. So some have said in reaction to um, Gaines' win, congratulations to Cyril Gaines, uh, he won that fight. That now hit that for other heavyweight fighters in that particular division, gain speed will potentially be a problem for them, a lot of them. And, um, you know, um, just I can't remember the names of the people off the top of my head who posted these in their Twitter feeds. So, um, but many people were like, yeah, congratulations to again, but they just weren't happy of um, Rosen Stroke's performance. It's just really um, abysmal. I think that spoiled the the whole main event for um, for people. You know, it's just God, it was horrible, and that kind of contradicts myself as what um, to what I said at the at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, I'm not shitting on him or hating on him, but it could have been a lot better. And I think even he knows himself. So I'll stop that there. On to the trilogy fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. So um, that is going to happen. Um, so they keep saying, but again, this sport, anything can happen and anything can change. So um, Dana White has said that Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor they will fight the trilogy bout um, sometime this summer of t- this summer of two thousand twenty one, but nothing is official or confirmed yet. So Dustin Poirier even kind of. Um, he mentioned this on the Joe Rogan podcast. He, uh, he said that he's still having conversations with relevant people. There's, those conversations are still ongoing. There's negotiations negotiations being made, but nothing is certain yet. And uh, lastly, so Sergey now wants a heavyweight title fight after his win against um, Rosen Strick. And I uh, don't think there's much else I can say about that. Um, uh, yeah, he won that fight so far and uh Unfortunately for his opponent, Rosen Strick, it, it, it just wasn't his, his best performance at all. So, no better luck in the next one. Um, so, another thing that I saw in the news is that um, TJ Dillingshaw, um, it, you know, he's showing himself more and more and more in social media now, especially in, in YouTube, um, MMA, um, news channels. Uh, yeah, fine. His uh, the the suspension, his ban from the sport by USADA has expired so yeah he's free and more than welcome to come back but again you know many people are excuse me many people are of the mindset 
mindset or art of the mind that uh, he should have been banned and he should have been banned for life. And I've heard many athletes in the past, not even say a few days ago, but a few years ago, uh, because people getting caught people getting caught in, in any sport with steroids is nothing new but I mean it's just that it sets the precedent that if you've been suspended for a certain period of time and then you're allowed to come back is it really fair because it sets the precedent that finally you get caught and um, you get you get caught with a, with a banned substance in your system you get caught with a banned substance in your system and um, you're allowed to come back to the sport after being punished for so many days weeks months or even years but it says a president for other people that you can do the wrong thing and um, you, you, you can do the wrong thing, you can cheat, but you can still be considered for major opportunities like um, big for compete like like competing for say a championship belt, um, a title belt, a title fight, those sorts of things. So even me and myself, I'm of the mind that when you get caught with something like this, where I do understand that there are certain banned substances in um, in medication that's been prescribed by doctors um, that the athlete will need, say, for recovery purposes or for injuries or for certain illnesses, and there's no other source of medication that they can take uh, that can actually do the job. That I understand, but when you're taking a substance that you know is banned, that you know is illegal in the sport that you are competing in, that you know will give you an unfair advantage over the your opponent that you're going to be competing against. You know, I do, I do really think that um, it's very unfair to other people in the sport, especially when it comes to competing for things like championship and belts and for title fights, those sort of things. I think it's really, really unfair, and especially in a sport like MMA. You know, um, because of the nature of the sport. You're having to um, inflict as much physical damage onto your opponent as much as possible. Um, you know, strikes, headbutts, uh, knees, um, leg kicks, calf kicks, um, takedowns, clinches, strikes. You know, all the it's physical violence. Of course, it's, it's control, but still, if you if you've got a banned substance in your body that's giving you that unfair advantage, just making you you know physically stronger and um, your your recovery is, is greatly improved is really really improved is that really fair i mean that sort of thing and i've heard other athletes say it, that if you're caught with us, if you if you find you if an athlete finds himself in that situation and they're caught with the banned substance then it should be a lifetime ban you know especially whereby the athlete knew they knew that they were taking the, they knew they were doing something wrong you know i don't really call a mistake something like this a mistake a mistake is whereby you do something wrong and you didn't know it's wrong. A mistake isn't something whereby you do something wrong and you knew it you knew that it was wrong. You knew that it was wrong, but you still intentionally went ahead and did it anyway. Um so that's my take on the whole thing. But I mean, um there's something that Charlie did mention to me um uh before making this um podcast uh, that I should include it in the show. Um what do you, what do you guys think? I mean, um I know I haven't got many subscribers on this on this channel yet. Uh I do appreciate that my channel does have some subscribers and it does get some it does get some views. It's still this podcast is still very tiny and you know I'm trying my best to grow as much as possible. I mean, what do you guys think? Should it be a lifetime ban or should it be a suspension? I mean, especially should it be a lifetime ban whereby the athlete knew they were taking something that was illegal and they knew that was going to give them an unfair advantage over their opponent. Uh, especially in a sport like uh, mixed martial arts or any, or any other combat sport, so 
it's something that's been playing or plaguing my mind for a while. So ever, you know, just ever since this guy was caught, um, I basically failed a test that was administered by USADA and he was suspended. And since I've been seeing him on all these YouTube um, channels, the last one that I saw of him was when he was on the Mike, the Quick with Mike Swick um, pod, um, podcast. Uh, he no, Mike Swick is a retired uh, mixed martial arts fighter, part of the AKA um, gym, the AKA team from San Jose in California. But he's um, set his own stuff up under the same name, AKA out in Thailand. He recently had um, TJ Dillashaw on his podcast and TJ Dillashaw basically was saying, yeah, he's paid for his mistakes. He's served his time, served his punishment. And um, he, um, even even though he's um, he wants a title shot, um, basically that sort of opportunity, that sort of fight, he knows there's going to be lots of naysayers and haters who will be saying, well, I won't necessarily say haters, but a lot of naysayers and a lot of people who will be against him going down that route. And he basically said that he doesn't care. But... You know, he could find himself basically in the same sort of situation that John Jones is in because John Jones has faced a lot of contro- has been through a lot of controversy where where um, banned substances, uh, where banned substances, PEDs, and steroids are concerned. Although T.J. Dillinshaw has doesn't have as you know a long record as John Jones, but you know it, it, it's not too different. You know, they're not too far apart those two cases. So, guys, I'll end this here. Um, I really think that maybe for filming these I should have like a bit of a drink like some cider or some whiskey just something to calm my nerves because for some reason I just always feel on edge when making these podcasts and making these shows uh, either I feel weird because I'm discussing with somebody else which is far more entertaining for myself hopefully for them and for uh, the viewers and the listeners um, or maybe just I feel nervous on edge I know the first podcast I had with um my first kickboxing coach that was a, i did feel nervous but it was a lot it was a lot more fun far more entertaining there was far more to talk about it was a lot more fun because you, could, uh, you know i could discuss issues with him he could discuss issues with me and i'd learn a lot from him about the sport because i still don't know there's still so much that i don't know but he knows a lot he's well vested in the sport his brother has fought um marco bisping at some point in the past uh so that's how well um vested he is and in the sport of mixed martial arts <sighs> so guys um i'll end this here um yes if you did if you did enjoy this podcast if you did enjoy this video please don't forget to leave a like um on youtube and don't forget to subscribe if you did enjoy my content um uh what else what else uh yeah you can listen on spotify google Podcasts. you can listen on soundcloud stitcher listen um listen notes tune in uh radio and still trying to push my podcast in many other platforms. Um, you can follow me follow me on Instagram. My name is IcoJarko1. On Twitter and Facebook, my name is IcoJarko. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks again. <laughs>